Welcome. To Arcade Audio. I am a rock hard trooper to the bone, a bone, a bone. Four bones, consider me stone. Once again, and I say it for you to know. The trooper's always ready. I yell Geronimo, your CIA, you see I ain't kidding. Both K and X, they got rid of both. A story untold, true but unknown. Professor Griff knows. Yo, I ain't no toast. And, and not the bragging, I'm both and plus it ain't no secret. Why the tap on my phone, let's go. Waves are trying to say it once again. I'm called an enemy. I'll never be a friend of those with closed minds and know that I'm rapid the way that I'm Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Were we recording when I lost my pen like, after it was in my hand? Or was that just us like living our lives? I think it happened on two separate occasions. Once when we were on record and once when we were not on record. Oh, so. good. So it happens multiple times. Cool, 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 yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. cool, 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 Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And it just happened just now, right before we hit No, started. I thought it was, but thankfully it was like touching my shin. Um, yeah, why did that make you almost spit up? I don't know. So it's just the way that you said it. I was like using my pen and I dropped it. And I was like, I'll get it in a second. And then like it was just gone. Did we ever find it? <laughs> yes. Oh, it was in the blanket. It was in, no, no, no. That was your phone. Oh, right. It was. You're that's right what I was thinking. That you lost your phone and God, it was in lose, my blanket. I lose things like a Mr. Magoo. It's terrible. <laughs> that was really funny though. You were freaking the fuck out and it was in my blanket for some reason. And you're like, just call it. I'm like, my phone's on silent. You know, does it not buzz? Never, I'm like, no. You never put it on silent any other time. But if you had an Apple Watch, you could have like pinged it and then you would have been able to find it stop trying to make me get an apple watch i think you would really like it good good for you and your wrong thoughts i don't like having my wrist tied down you wear a red string every day yeah this isn't this isn't weighty this isn't like i'm not gonna worry when i like drop my hand or like well don't be such a barbarian look at me (laughs) i am mullet the barbarian Laminate with the women, that's the wrong line. I was trying to quote Conan the Barbarian, but it's... Arnold Schwarzenegger is a very funny line where it's like, what do you do? And he's like, destroy the enemies, fornicate with the women, but it's something else. And I made Arnold Schwarzenegger deaf. That's Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> uh, it is Tuesday. <laughs> it is a day. Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. March. If you're new here... The first two minutes of this podcast are always me delving into madness because of the life that I live. And then we talk about the rest of our lives. And then we talk about a random movie that we watch from our massive movie collection. And so is Married with Movies. Uh, we got a lot to talk about up front. Um, one thing I'm going to say right now that we are going to wait to discuss until next week's episode. when We have our special guest star on the show with us, um, because I know he wants to discuss it, mm-hmm. uh, is one of the two things we did this weekend. Yep. Uh, we had a, a, a way too action-packed of a weekend. Uh, I've still trying to recover. Yeah, I still, I feel like a 90% um, from, from it all. Uh, Friday night didn't help either, uh, where we just, you know, party a little too hard and the houses are... The two of us. You really just me. <laughs> it's all of us. Um, so we'll talk about what we did on Saturday next week with our special guest Juan Rodriguez. 
But Sunday, we went to AEW Revolution, a uh, live wrestling pay-per-view. I guess we'll call it a pay-per-view because WWE calls them premium live events now, and God, I hate that fucking name. Not that pay-per-view is any better, but I've been calling it pay-per-view my entire life. Um, PPV! Yep, the two of us and Jillian, her first uh, pay-per-view show. She's been to a house show, she's been to a TV show, now she's been to a pay-per-view uh, yeah, it was maybe one of the greatest wrestling shows ever, 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 ever. Ever, ever? Ever. I honestly think it was better than All Out, uh, the show I, I specifically went to in Chicago uh, in uh, Labor Day last year that I, I'm going to try to do every year if I can. Good luck. Um, what does that mean? You think you're really going to be able to? Yeah. Nope. I can't, <laughs> no? No. <laughs> no. I can't go this year, upcoming year? What makes you think that I would be able to stop you? Exactly. You went. I was. I was. Like. Seven months pregnant. Oh, that was different. That wasn't for wrestling. That was for charity. Oh, yeah. This is really different. You went for long. You went for almost a week. Oh, yeah. Because I was about to have a kid. That's the longest I've ever. What do you think I was about to do? Yeah, but. And I was also pregnant. We have like this awkward shower to climb in and out of. What if something had happened to me? You didn't give a fuck. So what? what does it matter? I was at my weakest point then because I couldn't do anything about it. I was a big ass belly. I ate everything. All right, fine. I'm, I'm going to all out. I'm going to all out for like two weeks. Fine, I'm going to Chicago for like half a year. You're hmm. going to get pregnant? Yeah. Cool. Good for you. Um, you said you're going to Chicago for half a year? <laughs> I said two weeks, I think. Uh, anyway, bearing the lead, wrestling show, amazing, great time, uh, incredible. It was one of the greatest live experiences of my, probably the greatest moment of my live wrestling experience. Which I'll talk to you on another podcast. I'm not gonna. Yeah, please don't bore our I'm listeners not with nerd this the nonsense. Fuck out because I could talk about it for twenty minutes. I didn't take a single second of video uh, purposefully. I just wanted to live oh, in that moment. I did. I know, and I hate it because I'm so fucking fat. In it was video. the angle. I, I don't couldn't help it. I look like Yokozuna in that video. <laughs> Use it as motivation, buddy. I, trust me. We're going to run on trust Sunday. Trust me. I We're am. starting it back up. I am. That's when you should get an Apple Watch, so then you can compete. Shut the fuck up. You know it's going to come once more on this show. No, because you're not funny, so you don't know Rule of Threes well enough. Um, also... We've watched quite a few movies. Did I've we? yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I've watched five. You've watched two. So I'll go into the three that I watched on my own first. Yeah, I'm sure everybody wants to hear about this. Uh, Pornography. <laughs> That's not a thing. Uh, so today, uh, it was kind of more so like on in the background. I wanted to watch it, but I I, I would be lying if I said I gave it like my full attention. I watched a Summer of Soul. Or when the revolution was not televised, the front runner for best documentary feature uh, at the Academy Awards this year, this year. It's available to watch on Disney Plus, uh, directed by Questlove from The Roots. Most people know him from Jimmy Fallon. A documentary about the uh, Harlem Arts Festival or the Harlem Music Festival that took place in 1969 that has never been seen, uh, and just like what it meant and whatnot. Good documentary. Enjoyed it. Uh, don't have much else to say. Like I said, was watching it while I was working. So check that out if that interests you. Um, I also watched yesterday on HBO Max Best Picture nominee and frontrunner for Best International Feature 
drive my car. Uh, that took half of my day off yesterday. Um, thought it was great. Uh, I was never a best... F- <laughs> it's weird. I think once it changed to best international feature, I started liking foreign film when they no longer called it like best foreign language film. Uh, that's just totally happenstance, though those two sure things happening is. together. Uh, it's a three-hour uh, Korean drama uh, about a, a playwright who uh, has, you know, has gone through some things. I don't want to spoil it for people who want to watch it. It's long. It honestly did not feel as long as I thought it was going to feel. Um, I, I, the ending didn't necessarily stick with me the way I wanted it to. But I thought it was excellent. It was. It's Good. definitely probably in my top five for the year, um, deserving of its accolades, much more so than other movies that I have watched. So I recommend it. Great. Uh, the third movie I watched by myself is the Palm d'Or winner from the Cannes Film Festival. Is that what they call it now? For the Palm d'Or, it's always been called the Palm d'Or. Mm-hmm. Looks like a penis. No, it doesn't. It looks like a hand thing. Are you talking about the actual award yeah, itself? Yeah, the actual award itself. Oh, I couldn't pick that out of a lineup. I don't <laughs> fucking know what it looks like. Uh, I watched Titan. What's um, that about? I'm so tired of explaining this to people. I haven't heard that like, before. Huh? Uh, it is a French language film about a woman who uh, had a very traumatic car accident as a child and has a metal plate in her head. And she becomes a serial killer and a call girl or show girl essentially and she has sex with a car and is impregnated by said car and then is that how the movie rubber came to be no it's but that's v- a great premise it, it's a great premise i will say that there are two or three moments in the movie where i'm like this is very rubber-esque in terms of i want samantha to see this movie just so she can be so fucking angry afterwards uh, you would hate this movie. I thought it was great. Uh, it is wild in every way, but it's also at the end of it, and this is going to sound ridiculous, a really sweet, touching movie about sure. finding a family. <laughs> found family. I love it when movies are about found family rather than actual blood family. Well, and that's, that's, no, that's the, the whole part, point. It's the, it's the point of the movie. If, What's if you watch thicker, it, blood or oil? Well, as... It was I, a joke. It was a joke. Well, there is oil. Like, the does come... I, I can't get into it. <laughs> you will have to watch it at some point in I your life. I will never have to watch it. The show will uh, it, it It got snubbed even from Best International Feature. All, like, the film scholars think it's, like, one of the best movies, you know, that came out as evidence by, by winning the Palm d'Or. I thought it was great. I definitely think it was... Deserving of of more nominations, or any nominations for that matter, excuse me, with the Academy Awards, but I watched it, I can say that I watched it, and you'll hear more about all these movies uh, in a couple weeks when me and Tony and Rich do our Blank Slate uh, preview of the Oscars, as we do every year. The two movies that you watched with me are also Best Picture nominees. We first watched West Side Story, which we famously reviewed the original on this podcast in the we early did? days of it back in 2015 oh, yeah. I want to say That's right. I think we were still at our apartment here in Orlando I think it was before we bought a house I think so 
Uh, and we it fam- was cool, boy. We famously did not like the Crazy original cool. that much. Uh, and we both liked the remake. I, yeah, we I liked it more than the original. It's not like my favorite. I just for me, I just don't like the story of West Side because Story. Because you're a cynic who doesn't no, believe I in don't. true love. That is not you. Tell me about about true love. I have no idea. I'm aware. Um, do you like Romeo and Juliet? No, I don't. Mm. I don't. But that has nothing to do. There's no correlation there. I just find the story flawed, and as a musical theater fan, it's not my style, like the classic old style of musical theater, I don't think interprets well with the subject matter. I I don't like it. I think it was wonderfully directed, wonderfully choreographed, for the most part, wonderfully acted, and Yeah, I really like some of the performances. Uh, There's a couple performances that I wish were recognized that... That, that are not yeah. versus other ones. Um, I I dug it. I I, I did. I like I what did they what they changed and added. I like giving Rita Moreno what they gave her and everything. I thought that was really a nice callback and stuff. But yeah, I liked it a lot more than the original. But I, you know, yeah, it is. It is currently not. If I was just if I was taking away because of my list, I also added in some of the animated movies. I'm taking away the animated movies. It would be in my top ten for like the awards movies, but as of right now, I kind of have it like right in the middle of my list. Yeah. Uh, we also watched Belfast. We uh, rented. We it's finally available mm-hmm. for rent on uh, on Apple. So we rented Belfast and watched that. And again, I enjoyed it. I I don't think I'd go much beyond. I I wouldn't like shower it with praise uh, as like the one of the best movies of the year. Um, I, I it's better than a lot of the it's better than most. I liked it more than West Side Story because I liked the story. I liked there were some killer performances in it. Um, it was just a simple, straightforward family drama. Had some lighter moments. Had some darker moments. It was a, it was a it was a good watch. That I, I I don't know how else to to Agreed. dig deep on it, okay. but um, again. I'll get a little bit more in depth on those things in a couple weeks for the Oscar preview. So make sure you subscribe to the blank slate on Mary's movies. If you want to hear more about Teton and Belfast and West side story and drive my car and, and all those things, I will say of, of the five movies that we just talked about, drive my car was my favorite of the five. Um, oh. There, there are two or three scenes and moments in drive my car that are just fucking knockout like they are amazing um that really put it above you know anything else with that let's uh, stop talking about all award candidates and get into the movies we're discussing today hot tub time machine one and two <laughs> which was a uh, what a segue which was uh, a random movie came out of uh, the box which i realized i gotta get the box out at some point because we're gonna be drawing that, it's not, that just we're gonna, so weird. not that we're going to be watching that movie for about two months because we have a, a weird it's so slate crazy. coming up. Um, so, Samantha, you read the box for one. I'll read the box for two. Okay. Hot Tub Time Machine. Funnier than The Hangover, says the New York Post. Okay. Get ready to kick some serious past with the wildly inappropriate, unrated version of Hot Tub Time Machine. We didn't even watch that version. I never watch those because they're always worse. 
Well, it's wildly inappropriate. Mm-hmm. The outrageous laughs bubble up when four friends share a crazy night of drinking in a ski resort hot tub, only to wake up with nasty hangovers in 1986. Now, nice guy Adam, John Cusack, party animal Lou, Rob Corddry, married man Nick, Craig Robinson, and mega nerd Jacob, Clark Duke, relive a wild night of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Okay, and then Hot Tub Time Machine 2. One of the funniest movies of all time, says somebody probably unemployed. No, it says Russ Weekland, Hollywood Life. Yep. The guys from Hot Tub Time Machine are back for a wild, raunchy ride that's, quote, funnier than the first, says Manny Della Rosa, K-M-I-R-T-V. When an epic party goes hilariously wrong, Nick, Craig Robinson, and Jacob, Clark Duke, Fire up the hot tub in order to save Lou. That was the In order to save Lou, Rob Cordry. After unexpectedly landing in the year 2025, they meet Adam Jr., Adam Scott, and team up on a quote, hysterically funny and completely insane, says Danny Miller, cinephiled mission to fix the present. I hate these like mid. I know, I don't. MTV raves, you'll. <laughs> you will. It's two words. You will definitely laugh your ass off. That was uh, Nicole Pyher, MTV News, in this outrageous time travel adventure. Fucking in- oh, God. <laughs> I must do that movie right through our television. I can't believe we got two on Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Can I see that, please? What about it? I just want to see. Okay. What? What are, you, what are you analyzing? I just wanted to make sure it was just two. If you're wondering why I'm mad, we have a reading challenge for the the package. First person, what is it? 20, 25? How many? I think we said 25. 25. The loser has to watch a film franchise of the winner's choosing. Oof, and you're at 14 and I'm at 10. I'm four down? Yes, yes, sir. That's bad. I need to start nominating some foreign movies. <laughs> <laughs> so you can catch up. Uh, so... I think like kind of the, uh, whoops, kind of the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? The norm for us with comedies like this. So we saw Hot Tub Time Machine 1 in theaters and didn't see Hot Tub Time Machine 2 because the reviews for it were terrible. Correct. I think uh, the same thing happened with Hangover, right? No, we saw, well, we saw Hangover 1, in of course, theaters. in theaters. We saw 2 in theaters. Like, that was a piece of shit. And then just never saw 3. Uh, saw Ted and then never saw Ted 2. Uh, but like, I'll pick the sequel up, especially like once the podcast launched, because I'm like, well, I'm a completist and I got to know at this point, like, how bad is it? So I got this probably like, like for $2 sure, at like Black Walmart Friday or, something. or something. Yeah, exactly. And just had, just had to know. Um, and now we know and we'll get there in a minute. Honestly, I feel like I could talk about Hot Tub Time Machine 2 for like six minutes and be okay. Like we, <laughs> like okay. there's not much, uh, but we won't. Um, the, the thing I wanted to start with though, was that like, you kind of have to appreciate both movies. In Do ter- you? In terms of that, these movies just don't get fucking made anymore. <laughs> like for like, a good reason, probably. Uh, yes and no. 
yes to the second one because the second one, the second one, spoiler, the second one fucking sucks. It's a piece of the, shit. The second one is steaming pile of one garbage. of the most unfunny movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Disappointing, so disappointing. Uh, the first one is good. It's good. It's good. It's, it's funny. Good. It's got a it's lot of beats. It's got a lot of great we'll, moments. We'll get into why here I in a few still minutes. Laugh at but what yeah. I meant is the high concepts wrangle you know two three four of the top 50 comic actors working in a movie and put it out cheap for 15 20 million dollars in theaters and you know you're going to make, make money 60 back. 70 million like the it was already a dying thing before the pandemic and now like these movies just get thrown on hulu like these movies are Fagation Friends. These movies are Palm mm-hmm. Springs. All really, really good movies. Palm Springs is a great movie. Um, yeah, but we like Vacation Friends a lot. Like, these movies just go to streamers and don't pick up any real momentum and don't become things. Whereas, like, Hot Tub Time Machine, like, it wasn't number one at the box office. It wasn't, like, a hangover size hit. But people know what Hot Tub Time Machine is based on... The trailers and the marketing and the name and, like, the fact that it ran on cable for so long. Yeah, yeah. And I think also it kind of has, like, the following, like, you know, if people know some of the actors from, like, the things that they did, like Rob Corgi, for example, mm-hmm. you know, that TV following. People, the Daily Show. Right from The Daily Show. Craig Robinson like, from The Office. Exactly. People will go see it for that well, kind also, of thing. All of them also always well. kind of have the... Uh, the benefit of the doubt star where it's like, I guess for the hangover, technically it was Bradley Cooper, even though like he wasn't a big name yet. Yeah. This one has John Cusack who, you know, in 2011, 2012, 10, 10 2010, you know, he wasn't, yeah, no, he's not but, the number one star. But he's still he high legs. fidelity. Yeah. Say anything. Yeah, he still has some Con legs. Air, like him. John yeah. Cusack is still a star, still a name. He might not necessarily, sure. Uh, you know, be a marquee name that is the reason why people go see a movie. Right. But he's somebody you would not expect to be in Hot Tub Time Machine, so you, you are interested. You sort of gravitate to, like, okay, well, you know, like, like what yeah. is this about? Yeah, but then this movie also came, like, at the tail end of, like, the, the like, Pineapple Express. And, like, oh, the, this is this is in the middle of the Apatow of, of high renaissance. Exactly. It started with, the started... Arguably in 2003 right. with old school. But, but if you want to trace and it back I think then. you said that before. Like, some of these, th- you can't make some of this today like you did then. Yeah. And with like. For, for, for many different reasons. You, you for many different reasons. You couldn't like make it in terms. Movies and stuff, you couldn't yeah. make it in terms of just like people are not going to go to the box office. The people are not going to go to theaters to right. see this movie. They will sit at home and happily watch them do amazing numbers, but it doesn't hit the zeitgeist. Uh, you also can't make these movies because these movies also get fucking. I'm gonna use the phrase neutered, and I don't mean it the way it's gonna mean, but like no, but they I are sanitized. Absolutely right. Rightfully so, in many yes. cases. Right. Because yes. these movies have aged poorly because they have plenty of misogynistic and and offensive things towards. All walks of life. Uh, yeah, um, uh, absolutely. I think that's a really fair statement. And that was one of my first, the first note was like, it lays on, this movie kind of has like a darker tint to it. Not that the the hangover is like cheery. Like they're, this obviously comes well, in the shadows of the hangover. Yes, but I think it's completely different. Like the hangover is like celebratory. Like we're celebrating our dudes getting married and now all of a sudden he's lost in Vegas. Yeah, whereas this, this is like, 
oh, our dude just tried to kill himself and yeah. now we're trying to like But he's get a piece of shit. So right. we don't even want to really help him. Like, exactly. It's but got this weird dark tone it to it. It does have a very dark tone. Um, so it, it, But it lays on like how shitty all their lives are early is Craig Robinson's got his hand on a dog's ass. Rob Cordry's trying to kill himself in a, in a, in a garage. Clark Duke's stuck in his basement. John Cusack's girlfriend left him. Like, it's so, like, dreary. It's very down. And, like, like you, you get depressed. It's down right away. It lays shit. it on thick. Mm-hmm. But you see the chemistry. You know where it's going. And you're like, okay, this is fine. And then, like, it, it gets right into, like, there's no beating around the bush here. Like, within f- seven minutes, they're in the car on the way to uh, the ski resort. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you start getting uh, all the the gay stuff to, like, make fun of somebody, particularly the Jacob character, mm-hmm. um, which just ages so fucking bad. Uh because it's so blunt and blatant that it's like, God, like but it's borderline cruel. In it, a way. It's cruel, and it wasn't funny then. Like, right? I'm trying to think. I'm we trying were to think. coming out of that. Well, and, and I, I think have, that I think that Hangover that, does Hangover does the exact same thing. It does, maybe even worse because Hangover drops the f bomb. Right. Yeah. But I think I think it kind of goes back to a little bit of like the SNL that we watched earlier. That was a commentary on like the don't say gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill um is like Kate McKinnon's like everything was gay and gay is bad and I think it kind of has those kinds of overtones like our social commentary on that word and like that subject has changed and evolved so much. Yeah. In the last. 10 years since this movie's come out that it's very and like you don't do stuff like that anymore because it doesn't have the same impact because it's not funny because it is offensive to a lot of people but I I come from a time when yeah like in the 90s when I was in school you say it all the time because that's just how society was, how the culture was, yeah. and things evolve and change as they should. And there have been, and I'm not going to have specific examples, and if they ever come up in the movies that I'm thinking of, like there's been examples of doing those things in the time, and for lack of a better term, they were funny. Right. And you would probably watch them now, and you might necessarily laugh, but you can at least see where the comedy was generated from. Right, and it's in not this, as... as- even at the time, it was just like so pointedly, as you said, cruel that it just wasn't funny. Right. And it and it dampens the movie. And thankfully, it's all very early and like it kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it you have to mention it. Um, it yeah. also is like pretty gross out and pretty like vulgar for the sake of like, well, vulgar is funny. And look, I'm somebody who my college mission in sketch comedy was to reinvent the dick and fart joke. But I wanted to reinvent the dick and fart joke into things that were clever and funny, not puking on a squirrel and uh, puking somewhere else and hand soap on your face is ha-ha jizz. Like, it it definitely swings for the, the lowest common denominator laughs a few times, and when it does that, it just doesn't fucking work. When it does work, it's when it's playing off of the time travel element and commenting on, you know, the 80s stuff. I think the most famous part in the movie is their initial realization that they're back in 1986 and, you know, like, commenting on everything. Well, check check the drawer, check the drawer. Yeah. Oh, you know. no dicks and cocks. Yeah. Dicks what and about cocks. dicks? Right. And then, no dicks? 
What about cocks? And then, like, yeah. you know, breaking the fourth wall and saying hot tub time machine. But I just think, I don't know. I think that was so funny when Craig Robinson did it. Well, and that, that was part so of the So funny. You could argue that's Not the, the reason. Not the same in the second one. Not at all. Because all of them do it in the second one. But in the first, like, they put it in the fucking trailer. And, like, honestly, that's why the movie became a hit. Like, I look forward to that Is the meta, break the fourth wall. Like, people are like, oh, this is going to be funny based off them knowing this is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's part of the reason why. But also, in this movie, I'm going to say the main three, not to slight Clark Duke. Um, but like, how dare you? He's uh, got two first names. The, uh, but the other three have just such great chemistry with one another that right. I can just watch the three of them just like hang out. Like they have so many like little inside jokes. Like I love like the Great White Buffalo stuff. I love the Cincinnati story stuff. Great White Buffalo. Like the way they play off of one another as like having like this, you know, this lineage that they've lived through and gone through and are like kind of recapturing it through this trip and these tribulations is a lot of fun to watch the hot tub montage. Like the time travel is great. Uh, I love, I've always loved that public enemy song. Uh, you probably heard it either at the beginning or end of the show. Um, and you get to hear it again in hot tub time machine too. Cause that's what comedy sequels do, man. They just repeat exactly what you saw before. Um, the soundtrack is incredible, which goes yeah, without saying. Of course. It's, well, because it's like takes place in the 80s. An 80s movie. I honestly think I should have been born in the 60s, so I could have thrived in the 80s. Like, I don't know how my mom did it. My mom is so fucking cool because she was in her prime in the 80s, and then she went ahead and got pregnant and had me. What? I ruined her life. She could have been doing this shit, and instead she wasn't. She was working uh, all day. Yeah, way to go, Samantha. I ruined it. But legit, I could totally have seen myself. I've never seen snow before. Well, I've seen like snow flurries. I've never like gone skiing or anything like oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. Like I, I've never like been, you know, like there are some people who have like been to like the ski lodges I don't even think I've met somebody who's gone skiing in my life. Who the fuck skis? People ski. I think Augie's been skiing. Lisey lives in Colorado. I'm sure Augie's been skiing or snowboarding at least. <laughs> I would love to see Augie on a snowboard. It's like... I'm assuming he'd be really good at it because he skates all the time. You have no idea how tempted I'm to call him right now and be like, Do have it. you ever snowboarded? No. Have you ever skied? No. All right, bye. Do it. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Do it. Uh, it's Tuesday. He's probably got hockey. This is going to be anticlimactic, but we're going to try it we're live on the show. It. We're going to try it for you folks at home. When he doesn't answer, don't get disappointed. I don't think anyone would be disappointed. I have to hear this fucking guy again. I had to hear him all August. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's going to think something's wrong. Don't they have any other friends on the show? <laughs> I told you, he's playing hockey he's, right he's now. He's definitely at hockey right now. He's going to call me back now at 1.30. I'm going to be asleep. <laughs> and what you want? <laughs> all right, he's not answering, so we're going to you know, not even leave him a voicemail. I'm not my mother. Um, <laughs> so... I'm assuming that, like, Augie's been skiing or snowboarding or something, and Toby's Canadian, so I'm sure he has, too. Rich definitely has not, because he grew up in Florida. Tope has not skied before. I don't know. Do you know that? <laughs> I'm not going to call him, too. We'll ask him on Thursday. We're going to see him okay. in a couple of days. Uh, back to the movie. Uh, but I feel like I could have been there and done that. Yeah, I mean, I... 
I could have totally been there with my leg warmers on. I mean, fashion don't with get me started hair, on the fashion. I think, I think going to see Poison. It would have been, I would have been like living my best life. Poison's like the perfect band that definitely was still playing there in Absolutely. They're still playing there now. Actually, I think it makes more sense because like, I, I this is probably wrong, but I feel like Poison was like really taken off in like 87, 88. Um, sure. So like 86, like they probably would have played Winterfest in whatever fucking city they're in. I don't, I don't remember. But um, yeah, I mean, just being in the 80s and, you know, these time travel movies are always going to have certain, you know, running jokes that, you know, what has happened that you're trying to avoid have happened. Are you, mm-hmm. are you subconsciously touching your arm because I'm getting to the arm thing? Yeah. <laughs> like the constant tease of Crispin Glover's character losing his arm. That continually works. Yeah, it does. And I think, I just love his reactions. I think it just gets, like, bigger and bigger. And just, like, when it actually happens, he's just silent. I just think it's just perfect. Yeah. Like, I think it's just so well done. It does good with, like, the the cameos. He had Billy Zapka, mm-hmm. William Zapka, if he's being serious for the time, is, like, you know, the, the guy who loses the bet. It's playing off of the knowing the future element. And how things can go wrong with the butterfly effect. And of course, at the end of the movie, Lou staying behind and changing everything and creating Lugal and being the lead singer of fucking Motley Crue now. Motley Lou. Motley Lou, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, you know, those things work. Well, and then even even the things like with Nick singing the the Black Eyed Peas songs. And, and Jesse's stuff. Girl. Jesse's Girl, I feel like, had probably been out by 86. Jesse's Girl feels like an early 80s. I song. don't know. Uh, so that, this was another question I had. So if you were to go back in time. I'd go which, to 1955. No, no, I'm not talking about the, the time period. Oh, back to the future. If, if, you, if you were like a musician and you went back in time to like 1986, what song would you like introduce to be like, I am... It was released in 1981. Yeah, I was going to say. I've, I mean, it might have been just the kind of thing where, like, he wasn't necessarily, like, creating the song, but, like, he knew the song and knew the people would know the song so well. I don't know. Um, but what song would you go back in time and sing just so you knew, like, I'm now going to be a millionaire off of All this song? All too well. Oh, fuck Ta- off. Ten-minute version, too. Every version. song for the best 40 <laughs> years. No, um... Probably, honestly, probably be a Queen song. No, because Queen was already a thing. What year am I going back to? This, like, the mid-80s. The mid-80s, so it would be like, I don't know, probably end up having to be a fucking Justin Bieber song or something like that. Have you listened to music before? No, not really. What song would you do? I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd probably pick, uh, I mean, just... Getting in the ground floor of like, like hip hop and R and B and like rap. Well, not R and B, but like hip hop and rap would be great. Or even doing like fucking like Nirvana or or something. You know, yeah, yeah. like taking advantage of of it, not the Black Eyed Peas and fucking Motley Crue. I know. I would. Yeah, I would probably do like an Alanis Morissette song. Or, yeah. Well, the or, second or one or does Lisa like... Loeb. Probably because they're like, who can we get to who be can like? We get to be in the movie. Yeah, to comment on what's happening. Yeah. So, and I'm, we'll get to that when we get to two. But like, how does that work? Because like, so everything. So I don't. I don't. Know, I'm getting into the time travel semantics of hot tub time machine. So we got to compare it to. So Lou stays behind, and when they get back, and you know, I'm a sucker for 
time travel shit has happened. You don't know what your current life is, particularly when it's set to maybe my favorite Talking Heads song, Once in a Lifetime. Um, and just a great sequence when they are uh, unveiling what's happened to them. Uh, in the second one, like, Nick Webber's his big music producer, and the movie starts with him making a music video for Stay by Lisa Loeb. But, like, it's current times, so how did Lisa Loeb not make her own song? Or is he just, like, making a video for it after... Because that song came out, like, 94, Right, but remember, this happened in 86, and everything changed. Right, but he's he making in 2015, 2016 at that point. Right. So he just She m- didn't get on the scene. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick Weber cock-blocked Lisa Loeb. Cock-blocked Lisa Got Loeb. It. Got it. Uh, there's a lot of good here. The movie, like, the first one does have some, like, sweetness to it, Uh it doesn't have enough for my taste. If it were a little bit more focused and a little bit more cohesive, it would have been nice. Um, and I think that would have come from a little bit more grounding as opposed to, well, I guess we got to have Rob Cordry about to suck off Craig Robinson, or we got to have, um, you know, Megan Draper naked in a hot tub. Because uh, that's who that was. That was Megan Draper, in case you didn't know. That was Jessica Pare before she was uh, one of the worst characters on Mad Men. Mm. Um, that bit's kind of funny. <laughs> that bit's funny. Or uh, loudly coming in the main character's sister to create one of the other main characters. I l- absolutely love the scenes with John Cusack and Lizzie Kaplan. Like, they are... They're great. Quick hits, and mm-hmm. they have genuine chemistry, and it feels real, and they're sweet, and I wish there was more of them. Add Lizzie Kaplan to my list. I love Lizzie Kaplan just as an actress, but also I think like every time that she's in something, I'm just like, I just like the cut of her jib. Like, want to be with her. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's not what that list is about, but I guess that, that class that counts, right? Okay. Um, and then when, you know, when push comes to shove and, you know, Lou does admit that he was, like, trying to kill himself, like, you know, that carries an emotional weight to it. And you see him suffering throughout the movie, struggling with, you know, reliving the, the, the mistakes of his past. But then you would have him trying to go, you know, essentially this... Clark Duke's not a child. He's, you know, an adult, basically. Trying to coax him into a threesome. Um, and, and doing all kinds of other awful things. It's just unbalanced, and that makes it yeah. not as strong as I think it could have been if it stayed on the same course. Um, is there anything you particularly like or dislike that we haven't tackled? Um, I kind of, I like the, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, sorry, I'm just updating the list for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, so don't forget. Um, we, I liked, uh... Great. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, I just liked a lot of, like, the little, like, lines, like, the little quick lines. I think that they did that really well. Um, like, when they went back into the 80s, and, like, they're looking in the mirror and stuff, um, and he's like, oh, like, with the hair, and he's, like, touching the 
the height of his oh, hair. Oh yeah, yeah like there, like, there. Oh, you look like you look like Kid and Play. That's actually two people. It's like the way that it was delivered was just so serious. Good, it wasn't meant to be funny, but it was hilarious. There's good rapid fire mm-hmm. jokes and good delivery on yep. them in in this one. Yeah, uh, things that don't necessarily work for me. Uh, and we'll get into performances here in a second. The whole like D plot of like. Blaine and the ski patrol guys and like thinking they're not I know it's playing up like the dumb 80s jock bad guy character yeah and also and Sebastian Stan is totally going for it and oh I love it oh my gosh he is such a dipshit in this yeah. it's it's really good but, but but also remember we didn't grow up in 86 the cold war was a thing I, I right? know it's a thing like I think it's also appropriate that we watch this movie and like the political yeah, definitely climate appropriate. of the world. Well, like the political climate of the world, like I find, I find that that happens a lot with movies that we watch, a lot more than it should. Where like something will happen in a movie, and then it'll happen again. Like it'll be happening in our world, or like the commentary of the movie still carries over. And the movie's like ten, fifteen, twenty years old. Um, but yeah. I, I didn't mind it so much. I thought it was a good through line that helped with, like, Lou and, like, all that stuff and, like, Crispin Glover's character losing the arm and, and you How know, he gets to eventually keep it. Right, how know. he gets to keep it eventually and, like, how that changed and also, like, the Chernobyl and, like, that's what they need and now they don't have it because yeah. they think it's, like, without that, like, they would have just still had it. They would have had the... What else would have happened? Oh, they would have lost the backpack. That's less oh. thrilling than the antagonistic relationship. If you're looking at either one of these movies and expecting plot. Oh, I expect plot. It's the fuck off is, <laughs> is what I say to that. Um, let's get into performances, I guess. Um, cause I feel like I've been skirting around it for MVP and LVP. Uh, which you want to start with? I think MVP might be easier. Maybe really? LV- LVP might be easier. I mean, I got one LVP for the first movie, and I think it's pretty easy. Who who do you have for LVP? Well, I don't really have an LVP. That's why I was oh. saying to start with MVP, but that's cool. You could go with it. It pains me to do this. It's Chevy Chase. Really? He's just not funny in I, this I, movie. I don't think he was... I don't think he really... He, he, there's no Dana. point... Exactly. Exactly, and I think he could have because he's in like three scenes, real quick. The only thing he's doing is being like mysterious and and saying that Clark Duke is a young woman, and it's not funny anytime he does it. He it's just like that could have been fucking anybody, and it to me I read it as like Chevy Chase showed up and he's just like, "Where is my money? What am I reading? What am I doing?" I feel like everyone else is pretty much like. Zeroed go, in, yeah, and is kill. in like everybody else is like doing their stuff. Tilt, Crispin yeah. Glover is really funny. Billy Zapka is really funny. Sebastian Stan is really funny. Uh, of course, the four mains are all really, really good. Uh, fucking um, who else? Lizzie Kaplan already mentioned. Uh, the sister Colette Wolf, she's funny. Um, there's <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, I was ragging on the impregnation scene, but the impregnation scene is still very, very. Funny and her character, like seeing, I feel pregnant. Hers, like realizing what's happening, is is good. Um, 
There's a random Thomas Lennon cameo in the beginning because it was a movie that came out between 2004 and 2017. Yeah. That was a comedy. He's just in every so single one of them. he's in everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's really nobody else. And, I mean, Trevi Chase is one of my favorite comedic movie actors ever. And it you can just see this old, shitty, racist man in this movie just... It's past him. He's not there anymore. Okay. So that that's that's. I'll give it to you. Okay, that's my answer there. MVP. I feel like we're gonna have an argument, but I. Uh, it's not Rob Corddry. Uh, he was on my list, but I I I, I agree it's not Rob Corddry. It's he's, not. He's incredibly unhinged in this movie and has some sweetness to him. But he's just too all over the place. He he is, and I and I can't tell if it's the writing or if it's him. It's a combination of the two, right? Like, I'm and I would lean huge, more towards it being him. I'm not a huge fan of Rob Corddry. I should probably. I, I'm sure that's not a surprise to anybody. Um, but he's also on my short list just, for MVP of two. But I probably won't go with him. Because absolutely not. He's not my LVP. One hundred percent for the second one. Okay, um, well, we'll talk about we'll get that there, when yeah. we get there, yeah. but... So, yeah. uh, so who would be I, your... I really love Craig Robinson. Craig T. Robinson. I think he... His name is not Craig. You're thinking of Craig, Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Craig Robinson. I've changed the past. It's just Craig Robinson. Although I do want to see a coach remake with Craig Robinson now. That would be really good. I think he's very good in this movie. And I may end up giving it to you. I think, and I... I did this before watching too. John Cusack is fucking great in this movie. He is really funny. He's a legitimate actor. And it's crazy he works so well in this. Because I feel like he gives it gravitas. But he's also able to mix it up with these three great improv comedy actors. And mix it up with them. When he's, like, riffing with them, it works. And when he's doing stuff like, uh, the, the thing I wrote it down for was when they're in, uh, when he's in the house with Lizzie Kaplan and he's talking about, like, the pizza story. But him and his sister wanting to go to this new place. And she's like, that's great. And he <laughs> reveals that his father died of E. coli and it fucked them up forever. It's funny. It's also heartwarming. It's also sad. And, like, John Cusack gives it that umph. And then when he watched the second movie and he's not fucking in it, it's noticeable. <laughs> okay. So I, you're looking at value. Okay. John right. Cusack is valuable to hot tub time machine. Okay. I think that you've made <laughs> And I, I wrote him down before we watched the second one. I had him and Cordry. And I knew you were going to go for Craig Robinson. And Craig Robinson is great. My only problem with Craig Robinson is in the, ser- the serious moments he tends to skew a little disingenuous and still trying to, like, get the laughs. Well, you know, when he's, you know, he's upset about his wife cheating, but it never feels, like, real. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so I wrote Cusack down just from, you know, things I picked up on the movie the first time we watched it. And then watching, too, I went back and made extra notes and reemphasized how much John Cusack is no, needed I think you're fair. I think for this fair. movie. And I normally don't do that. For these movies, because it seems like these comedy movies are, of course, like sequels in general, always have somebody hasn't returned. And it's usually a detriment to the sequel. And this is one of the most noticeable ones I've, I've seen. Now, I do believe that there is a deleted scene 
in the second one where John Cusack does have a cameo. And for whatever reason, like, he was never even, like, really offered, or, like, it was never written for him to really even fucking be in the thing. Yeah, probably because he cost so much money. It was either that or... It, I, it like, doubled the budget putting him in the movie. I do think that Cusack also was kind of like an early Bruce Willis, and I could be wrong. I feel like around this time... Cusack just started doing, like, you don't see John Cusack in fucking shit anymore. I think he's, like, a direct-to-DVD person. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, Where, like, he's just in all these fucking shitty movies that nobody ever fucking sees, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But, yeah, it's... I I went into it thinking, like, oh, yeah, John John Cusack probably sucks in this, right? And as I'm watching, I'm like, no, John Cusack's kind of fucking owning in this movie. I mean, I think you're wrong. He's been in Pursuit that just came out this year, (laughs) 2.9. Pursuit. Uh, Never Grow Old, a 5.9, uh, in 2019. In 2018, The River Runs Red, uh, Distorted, mm, Singularity, Blood Money, Arsenal, Cell. You could just start making shit Shira, up. I've heard of Cell. Cell so based on a Stephen King movie with uh, with Samuel Jackson. That That is correct. It, it That's correct. Yeah. Um, Dragon Blade. You can stop anytime. Wall Street, a TV movie though, not like Wall Street, but like <laughs> not a TV Michael movie. Douglas. No, not that one. <laughs> a TV Re- movie. Reclaim, Love and Mercy, The Prince. Yeah, let's give this with the... Bruce Willis. Actually, oh no, I knew they were in one together because I remember seeing it in Walmart with Ryan with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I've seen that one. Not like seen it, but you know. Oh, that's that's not Ryan Reynolds. That's the guy who looks like Ryan Reynolds. Who? Let me see. Look, doesn't that look like Ryan Reynolds? Oh, man, from afar. Let me see. Right? It looks from afar, but it's not. It's this guy. Which guy? Oh, Jason Patrick. Yeah, but doesn't that, that look like Ryan Reynolds? Keanu Reeves. Yeah, no, it does. Right? It does. It does. I thought that was Ryan Reynolds from that. Uh, so, yeah. Maps I, to the stars. All right, you can stop any time, Samantha. Before John Cusack listens to this and he feels bad about himself and goes in a garage and tries to kill himself. Uh, and like I said, I, I like the ending in the movie. You know, I like those happy endings, totally nonsensical time travel movie endings that just like, oh yeah, they're all fucking hunky-dory and they have no idea what's happened in their lives with, you know, their record company and their uh, their photos on the wall of their relationship. It's yeah. just, just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, something I mean, I, I think that would be sad. The one thing, oh, but we've talked about, we talked about Back to the Future, like, that would suck, like, like and they, uh, uh, Happy Death Day to You is the only movie that's ever really tackled it. Yeah. In, in a really, really that. nice way where, like, they're sharing this memory and she's like, I, I don't know what that is. Like, I can't live a life full of memories I didn't experience. You know, it's a deep fucking thought. Uh, so shut oh, up. <laughs> Go back and add, <laughs> add points of Happy Death Day to You. Um, it's true. And take them off of Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, one thing I will give Craig Robinson credit for is I do, in terms of like his story with his wife cheating, uh, calling your wife when she's like 10 years old and yelling at her about cheating and then yelling at your future father-in-law. It's really Get funny. Get off the phone, Jerry! Get off the phone, Jerry! Uh, I think that's so funny. And then like the... Yeah. the, 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 the uh, the reveal of that is like a Tyrese motherfucker out there. And she's like, no, did you remember that prank phone call? And like, I've never cheated. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a good, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good call back. Right. It's a good, it's a good payoff. I, I, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's score this and then let's briefly talk about hot tub time machine too. Perfect. Good uh, timing. Uh, I picked this out of the box. So you will rate both movies first. What is your score for hot tub time machine one? It's fine. I mean, if it's on, I'll watch it. It's got, 
some laughable moments. I like the music like we talked about. Um, yeah, I, I don't dislike it as much as I dislike the second one. I'm going to give this movie a six and a half. I was giving it a seven. So okay. a 6.75 for Hot Tub Time Machine, I think is very applicable. And I think, and, and we're still very close on uh, our scores. Yeah, very yeah we're still, still in tune with one another. Mm-hmm. Hot Tub Time Machine 2 is just as bad as you'd think it is. I'll give you the very, very brief overview of the, of the plot. So as the back of the box says, it's, you know, they're in their new lives and... Lou still sucks. Look. And has been, you know, coming up with these ideas and ostracizing everybody. Nick is getting, you know. He's getting a big ass head from all this. And also feeling wrong about what he's doing. And problems with his wife. Yeah, and and Jacob. Jacob doesn't feel. Yeah, doesn't feel comfortable. Um, Somebody comes, somebody they find out comes back comes from the future to kill Lou, so they get in the time machine and figure out who it is in the future, and of course in the future... It's the everything's, past. Everything, no, it is the no, future. No, they went to the... They went to an alternate well, future. Well, so they didn't know that at first, so yeah. they went... They thought that they were going to the past right when he got shot to try to identify the killer, but they ended up going to the future. Right. Um, and, and... And of course they do it in the exact same manner they did before... Getting drunk to a public enemy song and hijinks Look. ensues. There's funny concepts in this. Like the Lisa Loeb cameo in like in concept is funny. Uh, having a giant parking spot outside of your building just for your car that's taking up a whole parking lot is funny. But it's just surrounded by the same problems plaguing the first one. Right down to a just a total paper fucking wafer-thin fucking plot. But it's just reusing things. Uh-huh. And then it's just filled with jokes that just don't like, work. My problem with this movie is, like, they turned it up to 12. Yeah. But at the same time, it was so much more muted than the first one. And I don't know how that's possible. Like... It just felt like nobody really wanted to be there. Yeah, like, it just, like, like they, everything grating about the first one was, like, the Lou character. They just dialed it up to 12. They made it even more outrageous and more offensive and, and all of that. It's aggressive and it's not funny. Right, and it, right, it's not a good kind of aggressive. It's not, like, it's not doing it in a way that, gives you anything like you don't get anything out of it but it's still just so muted compared to the first one especially in terms of like laugh funny moments laughing moments so as an example like the big um from the first one the big credit thing is lou just doing home sweet home and it's you know that's a great song and it's funny like you know it it works the screenshots that they like the shots that they do recreating stuff it works the second one is about the core four, which now includes Adam Scott as John Cusack's I, character's nephew. I fucking nephew. hate Adam. Oh, he's the LVP of this movie. He's fucking terrible. What else do we watch him in? I like Adam Scott. I, I like Adam Scott. I saw him in another movie, and I also I usually like him. him. Step Brothers, but the, the they, thing is, he's purposely a, he's purposely a douchebag piece of shit in that movie. And he's great. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's true. In this, he just doesn't fit, and I think he 
hurts the movie so much because I have no idea what he's going for. Like at first he's trying like it feels like he's this like whistle clean naive. Neat, nice naive guy. Yeah. And then he's doing this like drug trip. He is on this drug trip the whole time and then there's the awful uh what's the fucking name of the uh choosy doozy. I'll get to the choosy doozy scene in a minute. Um and then it's revealed that he, you know, is the bad guy because, of course, Lou's a piece of shit and ends up sleeping with his wife right before their wedding and uh, makes him mad. And then none of it fucking matters at the end. Uh, yeah, he's the LVP of the movie. I agree. Yeah, he, he's, he's very bad. Uh, I thought it was just going to be Chevy Chase, but he's only in one scene. He looks and sounds so much worse in the span of, like, four years. It's, it's shocking. But, yeah, Adam Scott is awful in this. And that character does not fit with the other three. And the not other three all. are all trying to do other things. So Nick, in the future, is dealing with this, like, Nick Weber dance, which is basically, like, the Macarena, but it makes him, like, a laughing stock, and he feels compelled to do it. Clark Duke is, like, turning into his dad because he's, like, rich and successful and has, like, a hot girlfriend now who's just there to just basically show her boobs a couple times. Um, and then you have... Like you said, Rob Corddry just turned up to fucking 20 in this. Um, yeah, not enjoyably so. They also run any semblance of any bit that could potentially be funny into the, ground. Into the fucking ground. There into is a the part ground. in this movie, so you mentioned it in the first one, they look in the mirror and they comment on like how they look, right? They do that in this movie and they proceed to, without hyperbole, launch at least 25 to 30 you look like jokes in a row, uninterrupted. Just look yo, about like Clark Duke's bald. Oh, you look like Lex Luthor. You look like a testicle. You look like, like they're all just doing it to one another, and that that's one of the many, many like linearama beats that these movies got into in this era. Yes, but like, but it's excessive. It's not even excessive. It's exhausting. Yeah, and it's like, and they're and none of them are funny. And they think it's going to kill the theater. And it's, no, it's just killing my movie. The momentum of the movie. They do the same thing. They, 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 they do some Bruce Willis references as well, both with the bald spot and some other stuff. And I'm, at one point, I'm like, is he going to be in this? Like, it kind of makes sense that Bruce Willis yeah. will be in this. But he's not. It's just, it's just, they're bad references. The drug trip is bad. They keep building up this, uh, this, the Daily Show jokes, because Rob Corddry was on The Daily Show, and they have some new Daily Show hosts. Ha ha! Isn't it funny The Daily Show to be hosted by somebody else? Uh, they get into, like, the most popular show in the, in the future is this really stupid show, which is not a, which is not a new concept of any future movie, I feel like. It's been, like, in the future, the or in an alternate universe, your favorite movie is going to be something stupid, like, in Lego Movie, it's like, what's it, like, where's my fucking pants or something? Yeah, where's my pants or something like that, yeah. Uh, in this one... It's choosy doozy where it's like people vote on like what the person that's chosen does. And like, again, it's just riffing. It's like eat waffles, do whatever. A fucking dude. Ha ha. Would it be so funny if a guy Uh, fucked another dude when he doesn't want to? And then uh, it turns out that it's like virtual reality. And instead of him doing it to Lou, he has to do it to Adam Scott's character. And then like they do it. (laughs) Like it happens. And then they just consistently talk about it the rest of the, like, of the movie. They're kind of embarrassed. Make it and uncomfortable. Uncomfortable and forlorn about it. And there's not a goddamn fucking thing that's funny about it. No. Nope. Like, 
throw any offensiveness aside and be like, whatever, we're going for it. It's still just in any execution of it, not funny. This rant that I started on about how bad this movie is started with the, the credit sequence. And, uh, wake up. Um, and talk about the first one, how it's Motley Lou. The second one is them in the hot tub because at the end of the movie, like a colonial soldier comes back and like shoots Lou. I will just... say though, this is the introduction of the multiverse. We thought it happened. I'm going to whip this at your face. We thought it happened much later, but it actually happened in 2014, whatever year this movie came out. Hot Sub Time Machine 2 did it first. Multiverse is real, baby. I'm just going to move on. You're just mad you didn't say that no, before me. So, it's true. Am I wrong? It shows them going... Am I wrong? Yes. No, I'm not. Yes. No. Yes. No. Clark Duke says it several times in the movie. He does. Right. Anyway. <laughs> It shows them, like, going to different times in the world and, like, how they've changed things and their experience, like, with Einstein and... I Signing think, like, the Declaration. The moon. And, like, it, that's, then it's them in the in the hot tub, like, remarking on it. And it's, like, the whole credit sequence is maybe, like, four or five minutes. And it is one of the most boring, unfunny things I've ever... Like, we're just sitting here and I'm just like, I just want this to fucking end. Like, it's just not funny yeah. at all. Uh the con the conflict of the movie is so convoluted. It follows the same fucking beats as the first one. And then you have all this mystery of like, oh, who actually killed Lou? And it just comes down to him being him another awful uh intercourse situation, just like we saw with fucking Nick and Adam Jr. It's the same thing with Lou and Adam Jr.'s wife. You have this killer car bit that just doesn't fucking work. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be like the self-driving car or whatever, yeah. and it it is like the robot. It's also like mixed with like Terminator, like it wants to kill him and stuff. It's so And then the ending tries to, to be a little sweet, where like Lou actually finds himself being like a good dad and getting serious about his work and you know uh, Jacob is able to talk to a girl and Nick realizes he's being bad to his wife and Adam meets his wife and all this poor shit. And it's like, it's too little too late. Like, you've, mm-hmm. you've already wasted an hour and 20 minutes of my life with just... Nonsense. Bad comedy and nonsense. nonsense. Uh, who's your MVP? I don't even know. I have a couple minor... I, like I said, I had Cordry just because he has his moments, but I agree with you. He's just too much in this. We already named Adam Scott the LVP. Here are my two MVPs. Jillian Jacobs as Adam Jr.'s fiance. Mm-hmm. She made me chuckle a couple times just okay. from like her quick little lines. And she has... Uh, she's a good burst of energy when she's in the movie. Mm-hmm. My other nominee is Christian Slater. <laughs> Who, yes, is in this movie uncredited as the host of Choosy Doozy. I feel like this is before his, like, big comeback with, like, Mr. Robot and stuff. Uh, He's having fun. He does a good job of being, like, that corny, energetic game show host character. Mm -hmm. And he may have created Bing Bong. Bing Bong. Because he says that. At one point I went, 
what the fuck? <laughs> Why did Christian? I was like, wait a second. It's a time travel movie. Maybe this movie's brilliant. Hold on. <laughs> I might have figured it out. Maybe this Bing movie pre- predicted Bing Bong and then implanted it in the future. We haven't gotten there yet. Maybe Bing Bong's gonna be that popular that maybe the maybe Side Talks is a bunch of shit and they just ripped off Hot Tub Time Machine too. <laughs> uh, they're the two people that like. So Craig Robinson is worse than he is in the first one. Clark Duke is worse than he is in the first one. Rob Corddry is worse than he is in the first one. Adam Scott is fucking really bad. Uh, I'm just left I with... Liked, uh, Kumail... Kumail Nanjiani? Yeah. I did I hope his name is never on the back of the box. Kumail Nanjiani. I'll Nanjiani. Don't say it like... Nanjiani. You said it like... Kumail Nanjiani. Um, I also almost said it like David Stern. Kumail <laughs> Nanjiani. Forward. India. Um... I didn't like him in this movie. He, he, he got drugged down, I feel like, by like what the movie gives him. And he's too... There's a thing in like these comedy movies where like you see somebody trying too hard and they're either doing it by being like too general or too, uh, too forced with their jokes. And I feel like he's in there like just trying to like notice me, you know, okay. sort of. So I, 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 I would say no to him. I just thought he was uh, worth a mention. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you, we mentioned that he was Jason in the movie. Jason Jones sucked. Jason Jones was also bad as, uh, what's his name, his name of his Gary character? Gary Winkle. Gary Winkle. Great name. Great name. I, I yeah, just didn't I d- see. I forgot to write him down as an LVP I, as well. I get, the, I get the whole intention was like a red herring for like Both the of them murder. are red herrings, yeah. Right, right. A, a, a former uh, friend in their group, right? Who didn't uh, who didn't amount to anything once the time jump happened, and then in the future, you know, he's taken off again. Yeah, he just yeah. So so I understand like yeah. some of the points of these characters are like as red herrings because it is like a murder mystery. Well, also they're putting they're putting legitimately funny people right. from other things. But it doesn't. In parts it doesn't, it doesn't none of it translates yeah. and becomes I anything. You. I agree with you. She's the only one who I think Jillian did, Jacobs did anything worth. Uh... She. Had, I don't. I will never remember. I'll never watch this movie ever again. And the introduction of her and Adam Scott's character when they're like talking about their wedding, I forget what one of them asks her, and she has a very very funny response. I was like, "Huh, that's probably the only laugh I'm going to get out of this movie," and she's probably going to be the MVP because of it. Yeah. And even when she's like reacting to Adam Scott, like getting like, raped on the game show, getting getting butt fucked on national TV by Craig Robinson, and preparing for her wedding, and then getting swooned by Rob Corddry, she did a good job. So we will go with Jillian Jacobs. Not even just because her she shares a name with our daughter, just because it's also with a G. I know I hate those people. Um. That's so mean. <laughs> it just is a stupid way to spell that name. I don't like it. It'd be Gillian. It would be Gillian. Yeah. So it's yeah. So fuck them. Um. I honestly feel like that's enough on Hot Tub Time Machine too. Like it's. So it famously tanked the box office. Uh, they somehow did not make a fucking profit on Hot Tub Time Machine too. Without John Cusack being in it, so they didn't have that bill. And, yeah, it did not do, well, any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and, yeah, 
and and I think in turn it just kind of soured people in the first one too, which is a problem with comedy specific. Like I think it's a problem with all sequels, but particularly comedies, it's hard mm-hmm. when you have a sequel that's bad because then people are like, well, I don't even want to go back and watch the first one because comedies are always harder to rewatch because it's never going to be as funny as the first time you see it, and then you also have the yeah. stigma of where things wound up at the end of it. So just don't do fucking comedy sequels. It, I, I name a good comedy sequel. I can think of two. Well, Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Well, yeah, the Vacation. Yeah. Loosely, Europeans are not great. Vegas is not great yeah, either. But they're loosely 22 connected. Jump Street. Yes. Those are the only two I can think of at the time. I know there's more. I know I know more. that there's more. We just ne- haven't necessarily gotten yeah. to them yet or seen them yet. Um, Whereas if I were to say, like, any other sequel... I could, uh, right away, I'm just like, okay, well, Toy Story and fucking Aliens mm-hmm. and T2 and mm-hmm. fucking, you know, The Godfather. Like, yeah. like, but with comedies, it's not It's, it's difficult. Comedy. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. I do believe that she pronounces her name Gillian, actually. No, it's Jillian Jacobs. I'm 100% positive. It's a hard G sound. I still believe she's called Jillian Jacobs. As in, uh, Gilda Gilmore Gillian. I've never heard her be called Gillian. I think it's Gillian. Uh, Alexa, how old is Jillian Jacobs? Jillian Jacobs is 49 years, 3 months, and 26 years old. St. Margaret's? Who's the actress from Community? According to an Alexa Answers contributor... Did Alexa just Alexa herself? (laughs) That seriously just fucking happened? <laughs> yeah. Alexa. 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 Did she kill herself? <laughs> she broke herself. She broke herself. Alexa. Who's the actress from Community? Tells Allison Brie. According to an Alexa Answers contributor, East Cleveland, Ohio, U.S. Yvette Nicole Brown, born August 12, 1971, is an American actress. Alexa. Comedian. Stop. We'll settle this later. I'm right. Everything else is wrong. She's a big wrestling fan, too. She used to go to PWG and stuff. Um, she also is oddly a stripper in the movie Choke, and I didn't realize that until many years afterwards when I saw that movie. I was like, wait, is that the stripper from Choke? Oh, that's the actress who's like in everything? Cool, good for her. Um, what else on Hot Tub Time Machine 2 and 1? I don't think anything else. How many times have you been in a hot tub in your life? A few. Mm-hmm. A few for me, too. Only a few. Last time I was in a hot tub, I was with Steve Real, and he almost died. Because <laughs> he had too much to drink. I'm not a big hot tub guy. It just doesn't do anything for me. I love it. Mm. It's like taking a hot bath all yeah. the time. Yeah, not for me. Sure. What's your score for Hot Tub Time Machine 2? My score for Hot Tub Time Machine 2... Is a three. Three? Oh, I'm, you're giving way nicer than I was going to be. What do you base that off of? I don't know. I just randomly did it. <laughs> I'm giving it a two. It's It has a very, very little... Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, contributions to society. <laughs> it's Its goal is to make people laugh... And expand upon the first of its kind. And it fails at both of them. Uh, 
so yeah, so that's why I'm giving it a two. So a two and a half for Hot Tub Time Machine 2, a 6.75 for Hot Tub Time Machine. Let me get the box out for our next random movie. As I said, we won't be tackling this movie until May based on our schedule. Because next week we'll have our next. I'm, I have a video of how Jillian get, Gillian you already Jacobs, said, you know, you already fucked pronounces her name. One moment, it's an ad. Yeah. You're kidding me. Two. This couldn't have waited. No, it's important. Because now I have to sit here and wait it's for Gillian, but it's but it's Gillian. It's Gillian. Yeah. Yeah. And the last name doesn't make it easier. No good at all. Yeah. yeah. Gillian Jacobs. It's just a mess. It must be a constant problem for you Gillian. throughout your life. It be it's a Jacobs. minute to minute problem for me, frankly. Yeah. My mom saddled me with this name that no one can pronounce or understand, and I'm left to go through the world defending it. Yeah. It really, it's one of those things that, like, I guess you don't... Yeah, 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 I don't need to hear okay. Jimmy Kimmel. it's Gillian Jacobs. She's wrong. Uh, that's why people make <laughs> Was it her difficult. name on the back of the box? No, thankfully. It's another error. No, it was not. Uh, so next week, I have our... to settle it because I knew I was right, so I had to get it on air. Please don't edit it out. This is the most I've gotten you into this show in eight years. It's just <laughs> to prove me wrong about somebody's fucking name. We've done this show for eight years? Funny. For the fourth fucking time next week, <laughs> our guest star, Juan Rodriguez, will be joining us for From Justin to Kelly. Uh, we'll be recording that tomorrow. Uh, if you don't hear that episode, it's because we were murdered on that episode. You'll find out why next week. After that, uh, we will unveil our winners for the 2021 Mullet Awards. So you only have two weeks left. Arcadeo.net slash the mullets to get your votes in before we unveil those winners. And then we will start a really, really weird streak of watching movies that were purchased for us by your mother from the dollar store. We have two of those, and then we'll celebrate Easter with our Wrap It Up movie, Peter Rabbit 2. Um, our, not our Wrap It Up movie that's a normal series, but we did Peter Rabbit 1, and every time we get a movie that fits in that, you know, immediately gets into the queue, we held it off to fit up, to align with Easter. Uh, so this, like I said, And Passover. Sure. This movie won't be watched for a couple months, so... Make it something easy. Uh, yeah, I don't care what this is. Oh, God, yes, I do. I changed my mind. <laughs> Why did I buy this movie? Oh, God. Uh, it's a movie... God, what did this come out? 2019? Oh, Lord. Uh, it's Richard Jewell. <laughs> the Clint Eastwood movie about the Atlanta Olympics bomber. Oh, with <laughs> Kathy Bates? Academy, she got nominated for an Oscar for that movie. John Hamm's in that movie. Uh, that fat guy who plays Richard Jewell. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say. I know his name. It's, it's funnier to say that. <laughs> Paul Walter Hauser, who I end up being, I think, like a big piece of shit. We'll get into it. Uh, yeah, I got it on Black Friday for like four bucks, and it's like, you know, sure, Richard Jewell. Great. I, I, I don't think we've have we done a Clint Eastwood movie, like a Clint Eastwood directed movie on the show yet. I don't we think haven't we done have. Gran Torino, so no. Well, we won't. I don't know the movie. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, and that's that goes, uh, that says a lot. When you listen to next week's episode, spoiler alert. Uh, that'll be fun to watch. Clint Eastwood movies are fun to watch because it's just everything is the first take. <laughs> it's just... All right, cut, we're moving on. So yeah, Richard Jewell. That'll be fun in a couple months. Uh, with that, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe if you get your podcast. Of course, we're part of the Arcade Audio Network of Shows. Go to arcadeaudio.net to find out those other shows. Facebook.com slash Married Movies at Mary W. Movies on Twitter. 
marriedmovies at gmail.com, arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets, that I mentioned just a few moments ago, for uh, voting in our annual mullet awards, patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. And for me, you can follow me at yourhostmullet38 on Instagram, and arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary. This week, WrestleMania 12. One of my favorite shows as a kid. It featured uh, my favorite match of all time for a very, very long time. Because it was my favorite wrestler at the time, Shawn Michaels, winning the main event of the show. Uh, it also features uh, Triple H getting squashed by the Ultimate Warrior in a minute and a half. And uh, a really bad OJ chase. Uh, just like giving really, really random... That's how I feel like I gotta get people to read. Give people really, really crazy descriptions. And the first appearance of Stone Cold Steve Austin. There you go. Read, read. Sounds like a... Jam-packed event. Pretty, pretty, pretty big, pretty big show. I'm turning Ed Sullivan there for half a second. <laughs> Samantha? At Jam with your Sam on all social media. I have to point out that uh, Samantha's been uh, trying to fight falling asleep for about 15 minutes. 20, actually. And uh, in order to avoid that, she got up and just started chewing a piece of gum. And it's not working. Because now she currently has one eye open. So... I am better with, like, salty things to help keep me awake. Um, just that's, like, always been how I am. <laughs> um, I, I've just, yeah, I'm fucking tired, bro. I get up so early every day because I have the bladder of an 80-year-old. Um, I used to be able to sleep till, like, 2 in the afternoon and not wake up to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Now if I don't go to the bathroom by, like, 6.05, I'm in trouble. Like mm, I, It's the old TBS Superstation time after Braves games. What? Don't worry about it. What? Don't worry about it. Uh, you make up for it, though, in the fact that on the weekends, you fall asleep <laughs> six times a day. Yeah. We drive yeah, fi- yeah. We drive for five minutes, I'm, and you oh, are reclining. Prime time. Prime time. Napping time. Got to get it in when I can, bro. What? I want to purposely get into a bad vehicular accident. Oh my god, god forbid. Why would you say something like that? We lease this car. It's not our fucking car. Why didn't you get it fixed? <laughs> um, but I haven't fallen asleep. I'm still here. Interacting. Nonsensically, but still. You could be doing that if you're high on cocaine. It doesn't matter if you're asleep, awake, standing on your head. Like you're just, You make never make sense. Yeah. As I just said something stupid. What? You, I just said, you just make never make sense. <laughs> I'm skipping record. Is it like is it like a double negative? No. End the show so you can go to bed. Huh? Oh yeah, that's right. For mullet. This is mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Fucking whoosh the scene already. <laughs> I'm. You're a bad at improv. Because you forgot that third beat, dickhead. Oh, thanks for reminding me. Nope. You should really get an Apple Watch. No, I'm. No, I'm cutting it off. That wasn't even the thing, was it? Yes. I don't, I don't listen. I'm also bad at it, bro. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Home sweet home. Tonight, tonight. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio.
Play more at arcadeaudio.net.